Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Yeah, I like what I've seen. Um, we got a long way to go. Um, we got work to do. But there's no doubt there's been progress, and especially some of the areas I think that uh, we didn't perform real well last year, some of the things that got us beat last year have really improved. It's been a real, real uh, emphasis put on making sure we don't turn the ball over on one side and trying to get it back on the other. I think special teams uh, has made a big jump. I think we're a more physical team up front on both sides. I think the offensive line uh, has made some giant strides. Um, So... I'm I'm really pleased. It's been a good back and forth all spring between the offense and defense, and um, I've seen a bunch of improvement on both sides. That is Scott Frost. Welcome to a weekend edition Hale Varsity Radio. We are in the rail yard. Spring game 2021. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Damon Barr with a half a handle of rum in him uh, back at the ESPN Lincoln Studios. We are loaded up. Sunshine. People are in line for beer. We invite you down to the rail yard. We invite you down to soak up normalcy with your beloved Husker football team. To my right, Mark Cranach. And Cranach, A, it is good to see you in person. You're still rocking the Corn Adidas gear. Thank you. It's I good love to see it. you as well, sir. You got a cup of coffee going somewhere. Right. My, my red beer is floating around. We are back by the wall, yeah. right? And uh, we, are, we, we are in the shade. We are back by the wall. We are near... The various beer windows, uh, friends from uh, 96 Kicks and KFRX are going to be bumping tunes for you as uh, we get you ready. We are here till noon, and uh, we'll check in with Greg Smith, recruiting insider Hale Varsity here in about 30 minutes, a little less than 30 minutes. And uh, the Iron Horse Gary Sharp will join us on site at 1130. So if you're making your way down here to the rail yard, or you're going to find your way to Memorial Stadium. Swing on by, say hi to us, and uh, just kind of nod your head and say, hey, football is here. 40,000 of your closest friends will be in the stadium. Gorgeous weather today, a bit breezy. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to just smile about what we're getting today, football, oh fans, and uh, sunshine. Not, not only that, but, you know, nearby the rail yard in the hay market is the, like, I think it's the first weekend of the farmer's market, if I'm not mistaken. Or some sort of market. Yeah, you got the trifecta going in Lincoln. You've got the farmer's market that opened up. Kind of down there. packed. Yeah, it is. And uh, then you have the rail yard and then the, the spring game this weekend. And, uh, of course, you got the Lincoln Marathon, which you and I will not be participating in tomorrow. No, that's uh, – I am never going to participate in one And I love marathoners. You're the best people, but that's just not us. Yeah, how about y'all just drive? It's a lot faster. Uh, <laughs> take it easy on your knees. Y'all are crazy. I know Vic in Denver is is going to be here. So 
Uh, Elijah, you can nod your head if we're getting blown out musically here. But I think we're okay. I mean, yeah, I think we're probably okay, but 96 Kicks is definitely bringing the uh, DJ funk today. I mean, that's, that's happening. What kind of funk are we going to see uh, first half, second half here? I'm excited to see some of the second and third team guys do their thing. The, the backup quarterback's on our mind, obviously. Winds does still suck in Nebraska. And uh, you're going to have uh, the running backs that someone needs to emerge. A lot of storylines yeah. that a lot of players were interested in watching and seeing. But the point is we get to do it in person. Well, and here's the thing, though. I feel pretty bad for, you know, there will be a handful, maybe 20%, 30% of fans that just, you know, bought tickets to the spring game but haven't been reading up on what the format is going to be like, right? It's, and the, these are the people that are also, like, fairly upset with the direction of the program, most likely. And so they're going to show up to the stadium today. And in the first half, there's going to be literally no tackling. And that will be news to like 20 to 25% of these folks. So they're going to watch and be like, okay, hold on a second. So are they, are they literally, are they literally not tackling? <laughs> they're literally not. They're going to tag What is off. going on? Hey, you know what happened to Thomas Fedoni? Non-contact injury, but yeah. it sucked. Great spring for him. He's a guy that you were going to maybe see worked in. Now you're not. Non-contact injuries. Injuries happen in football. This program doesn't even tackle. You're going to try and prevent that in the first half. Guys that you're not going to be counting on will smack the hell out of one another in the second half. It'll be okay. Yeah. But there were like 40-some guys that went down with some sort of... It was that physical. That was promising to me. That's either... That's that's good. That's either guys can't take hits or... They're they learning how to take it. Yeah, or they hit each other a lot in the in the spring, which is a promising sign. You know what I was thinking about? Look, we, we have reached the point where, I mean, literally, this is the response you see on social media from people more so than ever before. Like, no matter what Nebraska posts or talks about, there's always somebody pretty quick that's like, shut up and win a game. Yes. Stop with the BS and win a game. But, now, those people are extreme, but we have reached that point in the tenure. Sort of like shut up and win a game. Like, we just have. And I was thinking about how... Jay Moore said it best. Huh. Don't care about the labor pain. Show me the baby. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well... Show I, me the baby. I can I can understand that. And But I was thinking back to, like, just exactly what is Scott Frost and his staff. What are they trying to resurrect? What are they trying to build? What about what are they trying to fix? Well... And look, and this is not at all to excuse anything, but when you look at, and this is where it really hit me, they, they played the 2001 Notre Dame game mm-hmm. very recently. Yeah, on, BTN. On BTN, right? The thing that struck me the most, and that was not one of Nebraska's better teams, but they did make it to a national championship game. The thing that struck me the most watching that is just how insanely physical literally every player on that team was like you had to create collisions that that was just that was just part of ticket for entry there was no that was not negotiable everybody on that team doesn't mean nebraska was the best but damn they would hit you they found every a way freaking play like literally every play there were very violent collisions and that was the that was I think of anything else, it, there was that plus, like, precision. Those were, like, the two hallmarks of the quote-unquote culture, mm-hmm. right? 
Frost knows that. He knows that that's like sort of the hallmark of, of the 90s and even the 80s, just like precision and relentless, ridiculous physicality. Like to the point where it's maybe not even healthy, but that's okay <laughs> when it comes to football. That's why you have 180 guys on the roster. So he knows he knows that's what it has to look like, or he thinks that's what it has to look like. And honestly, after 20 years of trying a bunch of other things, I don't see any other way. I think Bo brought it back to a degree. I thought Bo was physical. I thought they were physical. He, he brought it back to a degree, but he didn't have the depth to go with it. Right? I mean, sure, at the end sure. of the day, he just didn't have the depth to go with it. So you lost a frontline guy, and, all, you know, it just it didn't work. All of a sudden, Cam Meredith is playing nose tackle. But it really did strike me. It, and that wasn't just a, oh, that's how all football was played in that era. No, it wasn't. That's how Nebraska played football in that era. And that's what they're trying to restore and to think about all the things that have to go into place to make that happen. That's why he got six years. Well, and, and he should. And, you know, you have this gray area between Bill Moose uh, and Scott Frost being on the same page about eight, nine wins, kind of the expectations discussion point, and then Judge Scott Frost after year five, where you're going into year four right now, and it's been a brick-and-mortar approach with that physicality. You bring Zach Duvall in. What have you noticed and what have you liked the best about Nebraska football through three years? And whether you've lost close games or you've not stepped up and won a big game, there's a lot of things that haven't happened. What has happened that takes some of the longest time to happen is that physicality when it comes to strength and weight room. And yeah, I know Ohio State hung half a hundred. Guess what? They didn't run all over you. You're better on the lines of scrimmage. You're better against Iowa. When you get to play Wisconsin, you've been better physically up front. And that is step one, is being a physical football team. And you're seeing that double down on here by a physical spring practice. Who knows where the NCAA is going to go when it comes to actual tackling and hitting during the week, which could make for an interesting Saturday, but still tackle football uh, for wins and bowl berths. But no, uh, Nebraska, the, the first thing you had to fix was the physicality and then the depth and on the lines of scrimmage. They're, they're working on that. You've got some guys. Yep. Nebraska does not get pushed around anymore, which is great. Now you need to stack on that. Precision, and, and that that comes down to uh, penalties. That comes down to Precision. the ability to to, to focus and, and not flinch. Right. And it's now third and fifteen instead of third and ten. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but there was a certain level of craftsmanship that existed on those older teams. Which, again, I believe it's not about going back to the '90s scheme-wise. It's about going back to the mentality, going back to the approach. Going back to the craftsmanship, the precision, those well, the sorts reps. of things. The You're reps. getting 6,000 reps right. because, by the time you start. Because, look, he believes, like I think most of us believe, Nebraska to compete nationally. One, you have to have a lot of things go your way. But two, bare minimum. You're, you're a developmental program. That's what you are. You are not You are not going to have eight first-rounders on your roster. You can, like build, you can build up to eight draft picks, but... Yeah, you're not... Uh, that, that's not happening here. So the way to, to win is to be more physical, bigger and stronger, more precise, basically relentless, 
whistle to whistle. And sometimes that's not good enough, and sometimes you lose, but damn it, it gives you a chance every time. They'll, you'll feel it. Right? They'll, they'll, the opponent will feel it in the morning. Now, here's the other thing that really struck me that I, I kind of can't believe we haven't even talked about yet uh, or before. With Wandale Robinson's departure, do you remember his recruiting story? Where, the, and the recruiting story was essentially that Nebraska had a really good chance. Um, and then Frost and Wandale's, I, I don't know if you call him his handlers, his family. Trainer. Trainer. Dad and trainer. There was some sort of falling out there where it, it didn't quite uh, it didn't quite go well. And there was, there was a little bit of a falling out. And the reports were, the reports were that Frost sort of blew it, right? And he actually caught some guff for that. Like he sort of blew it with the Rob, with Wandale, and there, there, it, it wasn't going to happen. But there was something about it that Frost just he wasn't good with, and he just sort of was like cut bait. Well, then Troy Walters and the rest, and we can talk to Greg Smith about this in a little bit here, just to see if I'm getting this exactly right. But I'm pretty sure it's close. So then Troy Walters and all them over the course of months get back in with him, and they more or less have to convince Coach Frost to get back into the picture when. His better judgment was telling him, don't do it. It, it. His better judgment was telling him, it's not a good fit. It's not worth the, the kid's a talent, absolutely, but it's not a good fit. It's just, there was something about it Frost was not comfortable with early in the process. He's a young head coach, somewhat impressionable probably, feeling the pressure to acquire as much talent as possible. Gets basically convinced to give it another run. Wandale comes here. Does well. Does okay, right? By, by the way, let's let's kind of slow that. Like, he did he did okay. He didn't, like, name me he the— He wasn't Rondale Moore. No, not even close. He was a very good player. But uh, he just kind of— got featured and highlighted. He scored. And, and it's still—and this isn't on him, but yeah. the offense still wasn't to a point where they're scoring 35 or 40 a game. So, but here's, here's Frost, who his first instinct was this is not— a good fit. And lo and behold, look what, look what happens a few years later. Not only does Robinson leave, but then w- what does that do then also to like Nebraska's reputation, recruiting momentum, fan angst, all the things that well, come with it. What's it do to the locker room? Just, right, just one guy's decision. And so you're thinking about, look, the, the what Frost or any head coach in Nebraska has to do is difficult. I think more difficult than most places. You have to consider a lot, a lot more than most places. You got fans that follow the place to a really incessant degree. You got recruiting challenges. Obviously, you're in a monster conference. So you got a lot stacked up against you. And I think there's a learning curve. And I think that moment, and you heard Frost talk about it this year, after all the Florida guys departed. He's like, we need to focus on guys that want to be at. You could tell he was sort of like, it maybe took him a little bit to understand that that, more than anything, might be the key factor in recruiting, right? That like, doing your due diligence to make damn sure that it's somebody that wants to be here versus somebody that, eh, they'll come here and try it out. Right. You got to talk him into it. And let's let's just kind of go down the list of of gambles. Wandale, McCaffrey, yep. Bell, Moe. Yeah. Is the last gamble Omar. Because that's a guy that the world wants. Can he get there Monday through Friday? 
likes the camera, likes the attention, will love the energy today, yep. and is a freakish talent. He's going to be incredible in this offense if he gets to play in this offense. And, right. and I'm not saying he won't, but you need the day-to-day consistency to all of what you said here, not only about Nebraska's going to be physical, Nebraska needs to be detailed, Nebraska needs to not commit a ton of penalties, but now what is your more finite recruiting pitch to these yeah. kids and what is your development plan because yeah. to to your point Nebraska is going to be and needs to be a developmental program first Period. and then you sprinkle in some wow factor around you look yeah. at Lance Leopold he's down in Kansas now oh, uh, that's, that, that's a huge hire for Kansas that's that, a that, huge thing for for coach for the Frost bu- future for the Buffalo game <laughs> that's well, a, it's, it a, it's a huge it's a huge thing that to not have him on the sideline anymore yeah with that Buffalo game and that Buffalo team well yeah you you have uh, <laughs> yeah you're starting off with two new head coaches uh, on your schedule. Brett Bielema taking over at Illinois. That's the opener. His first year we're, in the program. We're there for that one, by the way. Sec- oh, yeah? Is yeah, we're going case? to Illinois. Yeah. We're going to kidnap you, too. I wouldn't mind going. We were supposed to be in Ireland for that one. Yeah. Uh, we traded champagne. Still a chance that's going to happen with Northwestern in 2022. I hope. Uh, and if that happens, we are definitely going on the road there. And we're going to bring tamales to Ireland because it just makes sense, people. Okay. It just makes sense. Um, but they don't have them there, and they don't even know they need them. So I think the thing that Frost is uh, is up against. I think they are tectonic type shifts. I don't think they're. Hey, are you going to line up and shotgun? Hey, are you going to run a four three or a three four? I'm talking about tectonic, deeply entrenched, deeply embedded stuff is what he's up against. And any misstep that he made along the way, he is paid for. Sure. And that's why you give him six years. At the time, it made total sense. Has he had his pitfalls? Is he 100% the guy no matter what? I don't freaking know. I'm not saying if he is. He's got to get his, he's got to get his time to, to show that he, that he isn't. And, and I think right now right. It's, been a, it's been a journey to get there. And the, the patience thing is, is always an issue, and it's been an ongoing issue. When you look at the coaching changes in Lincoln the last uh, several years, over the past 20 years post-Solich. So... No, I'm excited to see where the progress is, the development uh, that needs to happen with the the young quarterbacks. They need to sort out the running room, okay, running back room. But above all, what kind of smashing goes on in this second half with the next step? You're going to take care of your starters on the offensive and defensive line because of no hitting. Right. But second, third, fourth, fifth team guys going to get after it and, and have a physical spring game within reason that it's been the right approach and a smart approach and a seasoned approach by a young head coach with how he's gone this spring session. That is Mark Cranach. I'm Chris Schmidt. We're down here. Hail Varsity Weekend. The rail yard is filling up. You're invited down to say hi. Vic from Colorado's here. He's listening and he brought some sort of bottle for us wrapped in red. Ooh. God bless him. We will open this during the break. Bear Creek, We're, maybe? It might be. It might be a little whiskey, whiskey. We're going to do uh, a quick timeout. We'll run down and get the recruiting profile. A busy May day for Nebraska for the unofficial visits. And recruiting insider Greg Smith is next to Tail Varsity Weekend. Special time, 10 to noon today in front of the spring game. And we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now back 
with Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back with you, Hale Varsity Radio. We're on the uh, wall side of the rail yard here. The kickoff party going on with our friends at 96 Kicks, KFRX, ESPN, Lincoln, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach. Damon Barr and Crane Aki got a little uh, lefty, a little snake stabler going there with Junior. That's right. That's right. He is a lefty. Natural. Bats left, throws left, rights left. Can he uh, Can he gap it like Daddy used to on the diamond? He can go. He goes with the pitch already at an early age. Well, that's the way to do it. That's yeah. the way to help the old batting average. He also calls balls and strikes while he plays in case oh. the ump doesn't know. He's like, ball! Um, umpires love that. Yeah. They, they love the uh, the second opinion here. And you never guess it, but he never actually calls the strike. It's always. It's always. No, that was off takes, the corner. It's a ball. That was off the corner. Yeah. Oscar baseball looks to bounce back uh, later today. Rutgers uh, got offensively uh, crazy last night against Nebraska. Uh, we will uh, check in with uh, the Iron Horse Gary Sharp on some Oscar baseball and spring football in a bit. Uh, we welcome in Recruiting Insider. We say hi to Greg Smith from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. And what a busy day for Coach Frost and company, even though they can't say hi because it's an unofficial uh, visit session. But, uh, Greg, uh, a, a slew of guys are here. How are you this morning? I am very well. Yeah, I call it a very unofficial visit weekend. Um, they can't even wave at guys that are here this weekend. So, But I, I am very well excited for the day. Hold on, hold on. All right, there we go. So, Greg, ex- explain that to the uninitiated here. So, like, there are going to be players here, but because of, what, the dead period, the quiet period, what, what can Nebraska staff do and not do? All right, so essentially we are are still in a dead period uh, for recruiting. We have been in this dead period since, what, last March, over a year ago. Um, And so we are still under those rules until June. The thing that changed is that restrictions loosened up to allow fans to be able to attend things like the spring game. And so because of that, there's, I guess, technically a loophole where recruits can come on their own if they are if they pay um, for a ticket the same way that any fan that's out there in the rail yard with you guys uh, right now would do, they can do that. The catch on that is is that they cannot recruits cannot have any contact whatsoever with Nebraska's coaching staff today, nor can they go like do like private tours of the facilities, uh, the football facilities, and all of that. They basically can come, sit in the stands, watch the game. I'll talk to them afterwards and see what they thought all on HaleVarsity.com. Well, it's better than nothing. And, uh, hey, they're going to get to see a a red with 40,000 Nebraska fans uh, ready to welcome in uh, the next crew of potential Huskers. So, Greg, your take on, on just what it means, you look around the country and some spring games and some fan bases and some regions of the country are, are more open than others, which is awesome. Uh, Safety is also important. What's the fan base, what's Husker Nation going to do today, in your opinion, for these kids who've chosen to come on their own dime? Yeah, I, I think it's a big deal to, for recruits to be able to see in person um, kind of the passion that Nebraska fans have for the football team, even through a pandemic, through some downtimes. Um, the first opportunity that fans really get to be back in Memorial Stadium 
and see the football team since, what, November of 2019, I think that it'll be a big deal to have fans in there because, yeah, recruits have been hearing about um, how passionate the fan base is, and they know that they kind of, you know, respond to them a lot on Twitter and all of that. Uh, but to see it in person and to be able to be out there sitting with them actually might provide a little bit of extra fun for that, too. Um, so it'll, it'll just be a nice deal for them to see for themselves in person. Craig Smith with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine talking recruiting. Hey, we, we were talking in the opening segment, Greg. I just want to go back real quick um, to the Wandale Robinson recruitment. And tell me if I have the story somewhat correct here. From what I, re- from what I recall, what happened there was Frost and the staff were sort of in and they had a good chance. Something soured during one of their encounters. Frost essentially walks away. And then over time, uh, Troy Walters and some of the other members on the staff convince Frost to like kind of patch things up. And then ultimately they land the commitment. But early on, Frost's take was, I don't think this is a good fit. I don't like the situation. But then was convinced to go after him anyways. What was Is that sort of how it went down or what am I missing there? Um, that is sort of how it went down, probably 75%. The only thing that is probably missing is that not only was Nebraska in good shape, they were the leader and had a silent commitment from him early on. Um, so then to see things kind of fall apart and then for him to pick Kentucky in that high school ceremony um, really turns Scott Frost off. Um, but you don't really completely back out on top 100 recruits, especially when you don't get a ton of them to begin with. It'd be one thing if Nebraska was Alabama, like they're not, so you don't just like turn those guys away. Um, so yes, Ryan Held and Troy Walters definitely helped to bring that thing home and to keep Scott Frost in it. Um, and also kept recruiting him throughout the time that he was committed to Kentucky and then ultimately flipped to Nebraska because that's where initially he always wanted to be. Now I bring that up only because we were just talking about how in, in the end, it seems like Frost's instincts there were actually correct. <laughs> like, yes, you definitely want to acquire talent like Wandale, there's no question, but at what cost, right? And then and when Wandale transfers, all the PR hits that you take for that, the locker room kind of hits that you take for that. And I'm bringing that up because you also have all those Florida departures and Frost saying during the recruiting press conferences, there is going there's going to be a, there needs to be a renewed emphasis on players that legitimately want to be here and they're going to take less it seemed like they were saying they're going to take a few less risks is that your read on it too um kind of my read on that is that they need to do a better job making sure that guys are going to want to come in and get acclimated to Lincoln. And that's not to say that Lincoln's an awful place, because obviously it's not. We all live here. Um, But it's also very different than, say, Miami. But you also, and and this is something that I believe it was Quentin Newsom, it was either Quentin Newsom or Miles Farmer, I think Newsom said, when we talked to him during the spring about those Florida guys and how, you know, they kind of stuck to themselves, like he wanted to come in and kind of be a social butterfly and meet people and kind of expand his horizons. You have to want to meet the program and the state and the city halfway as well and put that effort in. So you got to, you just have to, it does come down to, you just have to do a better job of vetting guys to make sure that they're going to try and acclimate 
um, to their new surroundings. Because if they're not, then you don't really have a great chance. And then you throw on top of that a pandemic and guys being even more homesick, and that's how you get where you were um, with the Florida situation that they had from the 2020 uh, class. Greg Smith with us here, Hale Varsity uh, Weekend Edition, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, we have an Iron Horse sighting. Uh, Greg Smith on the horn with us here, and he'll be all over the recruits that are here on their own dime. Greg, let's start off with uh, uh, MJ, the talented quarterback, MJ Morris from Atlanta, the quarterback for uh, 2022. And, you know, it, it, what's your gut tell you here? Is, is he already pretty deep in the, uh, the the big red pool, or is there still some work to do for Nebraska? We'll zoom out here on some other prospects, but Morris is the guy Nebraska's been really in hot pursuit after. Yeah, it's probably Nebraska. It, it could be Nebraska's top overall target. Morris could be for the 2022 class. He's definitely the top 2022 uh, guy that's going to be here this weekend. I actually was texting with him this morning. He was on getting on his flight. Uh, from Atlanta to get out here, so he is in route. He's on his way, um, but he's definitely a guy that has a high interest in Nebraska. And things have kind of shifted here over the last couple of weeks. Where you asked me about that a couple of weeks ago, and I told you Florida State was really looming and pushing hard. Um, and it seems like Florida State backed off or was not willing to wait for him uh, to really make his decision. They took another elite level quarterback, and they now have two quarterbacks in their class committed right now. So that basically takes Florida State out. So right now, Nebraska is in a very good position, um, considering it was only Florida State and Nebraska that he was going to visit this spring. So Nebraska has a really good opportunity today um, to hopefully make an impression on him and to really solidify him taking that first weekend June official visit. But I think that that's the next step. So maybe you can go ahead and lock this thing down this summer. I think Nebraska's in good position right now. Is it too early just based on the realities of the transfer portal to know right at this moment the key areas of need for Nebraska, or do they have to wait on that for the transfer portal to kind of take its course post-spring to really zero in on their areas of need? Um, I think that it's uh, you have to wait a little bit because it's always a moving target, and it's not just the transfer portal right now. It's also trying to figure out like what the numbers are going to be for the 2022 class. There's a lot of thought out there that classes around the country will be smaller. Um, then you have, because of the portal, you also might want to save an additional spot or two to make sure that you have room after the 2022 class to be able to take a guy. But then also what we're going to see today, right, or the culmination of what we'll see today in the spring game, um, you needed the spring to be able to evaluate any number of positions on Nebraska's roster to see if you need to bump up positions or take them down. Like, for example, if you feel really good about wide receiver uh, moving forward, because there's still a lot of young wide receivers in the program after this spring, um, then you might say, okay, we probably only take one more wide receiver. On the flip side of that, running back, <laughs> even though there are a lot of young guys, if you're not impressed, if you're Nebraska staff with what's going on, maybe you need to take two running backs in this class instead of the one that it kind of felt like coming into the class. So that's always kind of a moving target, depending on where we are kind of in the cycle or at least heading into the summer. Few minutes. Greg Smith with us. He'll be at the stadium today. He'll be talking to many of the 2022, 2023 prospects that are here on their own dime. We are in the rail yard. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Ale Varsity Weekend. The uh, Rum Connoisseur, Damon Barr, back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. We're here till noon, and uh, Greg Smith giving us a rundown. Greg, uh, let's talk here. 
uh, about uh, some of the other prospects. Let's do a roll call. Who's in? Who uh, decided not to make the trip? Give me some names you're really intrigued by. Skill guys, linemen, uh, linebackers. Uh, give us the, the full buffet here as uh, you've been tracking this thing for a while. Yeah, I think that one of the big storylines for this weekend is wide receiver. And we're just kind of talking about um, Nebraska having one wide receiver in the class already, and Victor Jones Jr. probably means there's only one more spot for a wide receiver. Interestingly enough, there are three wide receivers that are making their way to Nebraska's campus from the 20, for the 2022 class. Um, one that they've liked for a long time, 6'4", 6'5", 210 wide receiver out of Kansas City, Quentin Conley. Um, he'll be in town. I actually heard from him this morning. He's on his way as well. Um, Grant Page out of Colorado. Um, he, he will be in town. And then Landon Sampson, a wide receiver out of Texas, is kind of on the rise, more of a slot guy. Um, he'll also be in town. So it'll be a good time for Nebraska to showcase the passing game um, if they they hopefully choose to do that. Uh, as they, I think people are eager to see that. Um, Chris McClellan is a guy that has really blown up over the last year. He's a defensive tackle um, that really has good position flexibility, flexibility like Tony Tulioli likes can play all three positions on that line out of Oklahoma. Um, he'll be in town. And I think another big storyline, too, this weekend is a pair of teammates that are going to be in town out of Hayes, Kansas. Um, Gavin Myers is an inside linebacker um, that Nebraska has been on for a long time, and he's Nebraska is high on his list. I think Nebraska and Kansas State are the two schools um, out in front there. And then his teammate, Jaron Kanak, has been a guy that's on the rise as much as any guy kind of in the region. I think he just got bumped up to a four-star. He can play either side of the football in, in college. I think Nebraska has a good chance to really showcase everything that they have uh, today to him so that they can possibly lock in kind of a dual official visit early in June as well. And I think that it doesn't work out a lot with these package deals and teammates that want to play together, but this might be the exception to the rule if Nebraska can pull it off. Yeah, and that dude is a burner, by the way. Kanak. He's yeah, good looking ball player. Ten, what, 10-3? Ten, ten, something like that. Well, he's Kranak speed. Ten, four, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, Greg, forgive the ignorance here. They can't talk to these people. They can't wave to them. But I, you always read recruits saying, oh, yeah, I message with, you know, coach fill in the blank all the time. Or, yeah, I talk to him on the phone or on FaceTime. Can they still do that? Digital. No. So they not while the kid is on campus, no. So when the kid leaves campus, they can. And, how, and kind of the template for this is what's been happening over the last year or so with these self-guided visits. So you have any number of guys that have done that, guys that were in the 2021 class. And as soon as they get on campus, they can no longer have contact. Now, they could say talk to Ryan Held before they get here, FaceTime with him, text him. He can give them suggestions on things to go eat or things to look at on campus. But as soon as they step foot on campus, campus, no longer can they have contact. And then once they get off campus, um, they can resume that communication. Okay, that's – and it's literally campus confines. So, like, as soon as they walk across 10th Street and they're at Buzzard Billy's, <laughs> then it's all good? <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you think about it that way, yes. As soon as they cross that street, um, they, they can be there. I would say as soon as they go over to Amigos, but that, that is that even not there anymore because I'm old and that's what they're with Alex. Yeah, I think it might be. Amigos is, uh, Amigos is resting in peace uh, on campus uh, no longer, but uh, it was a great idea uh, for a little uh, salsa bar or uh, some ranch uh, with your crisp meat at about 2 a.m. Uh, Greg Smith is with us. It is windy, so 
Yeah, uh, but the rail yard's full. We want to see you down here. Hail Varsity Radio weekend is going on. Greg, where's Nebraska at uh, when it comes to some defensive linemen? And, and talk to me a little bit here about uh, the upside of Reese Mooney, high-level prospect. And I know that Nebraska likes him. He loves Nebraska. His dad really loves Nebraska. But he's also got the tour of tours this summer where he's going to check out USC. He's going to check out Miami. Uh, Nebraska is in a good spot now. But how much work is there to continue to be in that uh, that top of mind with Mooney, in your opinion? Yeah, well, first with the defensive line recruiting, I think defensive line is one of the lower priorities uh, for Nebraska this recruiting cycle just because there's so many. Like, we're talking about guys that you're excited to see today. Like, people want to see Nash Hutmacher. Um, they want to see Masai Newsom, who's been kind of marinating in the program, in the strength and conditioning program here for a couple of years, and you hear good things about him behind the scenes. Ruquan Buckley, as a true freshman, um, has impressed. So there's a lot of young defensive linemen that they've got to sort through before they continue bringing guys in. Um, they probably will only take one or two there. Um, but the bigger thing here, Jazz, the quarterback with Reese Mooney for 2023, um, he's already here. Um, he took in a visit to check out a baseball game last night. If you remember, he was actually committed to Houston to play baseball. He's a guy that's got interest to play both sports in college. He seems to be good enough to do it. But Nebraska's in a good spot with him. Um, it is always a good sign um, when a guy is, rec- is not committed to your school, but they're re- bringing in other recruits on their visit. Um, and he's bringing a five-star wide receiver for his class in, Shelton Sampson. Um, they both are here right now, and I think a baseball prospect came along with them as well. Um, but Mooney is a really good prospect. He's got a lot of offers and options, but Nebraska does have the tie with his family, all being Husker fans, with him growing up and kind of coming to Husker games as well. They're in a good spot there. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if they have their 2022 quarter, or 2023 quarterback before 2022, but we'll kind of see how that shakes out. I like, really like where they're at with Reese Mooney right now. Hey, Greg, if you look at what's going to trot out today as likely the first offense, and I know there's a couple positions that are still sort of up for grabs, but, you know, we know a, a bulk of, of who's going to start. When, when you look at that first unit, compared to their recruiting rankings is it me or does it seem like you know because of attrition or other reasons nebraska hasn't often trotted out um a starting unit that honestly ranked fairly high recruiting wise like go across the line look at receiver look at quarterback look at the tailback options it's a fairly highly regarded first unit that's trotting out there today isn't it yeah i would say that i think that and that's a good thing. You want those evaluations to be correct. But it does seem like it. If you speak through the offensive line, guys like Jurgens, Ben Hart, Corcoran, um, we're all highly regarded. They're now playing now. Um, you always are going to have a guy, it feels like, at Nebraska, like an Ethan Piper um, that makes a good move. Uh, the running back, which is still wide open, still has a ton of four-star potential or four-star players from high school in there. Wide receiver, too, even though that's a kind of a mixed bag just because of the attrition at the position. Um, and then you go along the defense, and that's starting to happen there, too. So, yeah, I would say that you're starting to get to the point where that's happening, and then you're still always going to have those guys that were lower-rated or even walk-ons that try to make those pushes. Um, and I do think that that's a really good sign, and it's a good point about what's happening with Nebraska's depth chart. Craig Smith with us uh, on Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. 
Greg will let you get to the stadium. Thanks for your rundown. We look forward to your reporting and inside and connection with the recruits. I uh, always appreciate you. Follow Greg on Twitter at GregSmithHV. We're down here in the rail yard. Greg, take care, buddy. Hey, have a good weekend, guys. Enjoy it. All right. Thanks, Greg. We'll uh, check in with uh, Greg uh, post-spring game. I think him and I are going to do a quick little uh, message from the field, so that'll be cool. The Iron Horse is uh, in the on-deck circle. Gary Sharp with us here, weekend edition. I see it's a uh, short season for some guys. I, I see we, we've come back. Oh, oh, yes, the, the jean shorts. Yeah, no, or, and specifically, like, they looked like former actual jeans that were literally cut off. Okay. Um, I kind of snug. Well, yeah. A little snug for my liking. And are those jegging shorts? I don't know. I, I don't know. See, and, and I appreciate your attention to detail. Yeah. Because I've been looking at, at, at the other jean shorts that are in the crowd, and, and there are, you know, there's several hundred candidates for Miss Nebraska here in the rail yard today. There's a, there's and, a and, and they are wearing their, their jean shorts. They're not quite the, the daisies. No. But back in my day. Back in my day. You saw, you saw bottom cheek. You, yeah. you did. And it, it just depends on if you wanted to see that bottom cheek or not. Yeah. It's there were some yeses. There were some no's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But what we need to do for next spring game is have you and I rock some some jorts with some cowboy boots. And we'll do the Christian Peter weight room throwback where we've got jean shorts, cowboy boots, and spaghetti, spaghetti strap tank tops. That sounds good. Because clearly our physiques uh, can fill those out. I'm working on it, bro. I lifted twice this week. Look out. I did Look once, out. and I was upset I did it. So uh, we you can will, tell, dude. You look swole, dude. I, I, yeah, you can I'm tell, bro. I'm trying to, to not be a, a fat pile of blubber. Yeah, you can tell, bro. Seriously, bro. Nice traps, bro. <laughs> yeah. Romansky. Uh, so a couple minutes here before we say goodbye for hour one. That Mooney kid, I really like his film. I know he's 2023, but he's so mobile and he can throw. The Torres kid out of Texas uh, was supposed to be here. I don't think he's in, he ended up coming. And he's had some more uh, offers kind of come his way, even though Nebraska was pretty much first in line. I think he's near Lubbock or San Antonio, if memory serves. Uh, I'm 6'6 quarterback. I see. I'm a little behind on my recruiting cycle for this year. That's fine. In terms, of, in terms of watching, I, I just know that Nebraska is out of the picture with a lot of Nebraska guys. Um, it is. There is so much of a wait and see I think it extends, like, the fans have reached that point. I think recruits, to some degree, have too. <laughs> well, they, you know, where it's like, let's see, hold on, let's see where this thing goes. Like, I know the guy, I know they went undefeated in 2017 at UCF, and I know they got, you know, good facilities and fan support. But, like, are they going to win? Are they going to put guys in the league? How many guys have been drafted since 20, what? Is it 17? How many Nebraska, like, four? Not, not as many like, as you'd like. I would like to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use the internet on my phone, and I'm gonna research that. How many draft picks since? I don't know. When did it all start falling apart for us, Chris? Uh, yeah. When it comes to the draft, when it's, did that it's happen? It's been different. Even even during the the Polini years, who had a lot of NFL guys. I mean, you look at Rex. You look at Anunua. There was a those, lot. Those of, were yeah. those were six round guys, but you you had. To, Lines of scrimmage guys, okay, uh, make their way in. Now, 
Uh, recent history, you've got Amir and Vincent and Randy all went second, third round in that 2015 draft. All right. Uh, Searles and Quale and Spencer, one of those three were drafted, one still in the lead. One, both uh, Searles and uh, Spencer are retired. And then you have uh, the Malik Collins draft pick. He was a second or third round guy uh, in Dallas. Okay, so trivia question here. Sure. Since 2017, so that would be 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and then this year, how many draft picks does Nebraska have since 2017? Three? Four. Okay. Nate Gary in 2017, the lone pick. Tanner Lee, 2018. Sixth round, right? Six or seven. And then last year, Khalil and Carlos. Ah, yes. That's it. Alabama achieved that by, like, pick 15 this year. Well, that's Alabama. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. Come on. Nebraska's working on it. Mark Radak, Chris Schmidt, we are down here in the rail yard. It is windy, if you can't tell, but it's sunny and beautiful. Hour two coming up ahead of the spring game in the rail yard. Weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio, the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp shortly. Hour two coming up. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Steady improvement is how I would characterize it. You know, Matt Masca continues to do good things. Uh, Logan Smothers just every single day got better, and his control and command of the offense is is improving and and uh, getting to a point where I feel great with him. Uh, Harburg is really talented kid that can run and throw. He was swimming a little bit at first, but uh, he's hungry to learn, and and he's really improved throughout spring. So. Uh, Mario's done a good job with that with that room, and those guys have made a lot of progress. Still have a ways to go, but have made a ton of progress this spring. That is the head man, Scott Frost. Uh, welcome to it, our two-weekend edition. Hail Varsity Radio, we're in the rail yard. There is beautiful people, beautiful sunshine. There's and, also uh, ugly people, but, I mean, we're not judging. No, no, there, there, there's not that many, to no. be honest with you. <laughs> uh, and uh, it is just fun to be out, getting ready for the spring game here. A few average people. On, yes, yeah, I mean, it's the whole two spectrum. Of, two of them are talking to you. Yeah. I mean, it. look, there's there's somebody who's pulling off the, the red uh, tank top and the jean shorts with a tattoo on, on her thigh. No, you want her to pull them off. No, she will no, not no, do no. that. No, 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 I'm saying she's oh. wearing it. And she's gotcha. wearing it. Um, gotcha. I was going to say, Chris, that's not allowed. <laughs> Where do you think we are? Right? This, we got family values here in Nebraska. We met know? some of our uh, We will her, kill your kids. Her, her dad podcast buddies, uh, the Redcasters. Yeah, that was good to meet those guys. Honky and crew are down here. Yeah. Vic uh, from Denver's firing up a heater. Love him. He yep. got our Christmas bonus, which was so nice of him. Do you know what that is yet? I'm going to open it on air here in a little bit. Okay. Yeah, the Iron Horse Gary Sharp shortly. It's a wrapped bottle. Depending on uh, what what is permitted time-wise. Had a great chat with Rick Kaczynski this week, and Kaz kind of breaks down the, 
the, you know, the, the weight, the importance of the spring game and just kind of sifting through what a, through a coach's eyes what you see during the spring to get you ready for the summer and then into the fall. Uh, yeah. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Mark Skurs, at Hale Varsity, at ESPN Lincoln. So, Cranach, let's get in. We, we, we hammered the recruiting quite a bit. We talked about the uh, the question of, you know, what Frost is, is trying to fix and what's so big about the spring game and the spring season. Well, one thing that Nebraska's had to deal with is quarterback injury. And uh, you've got Adrian Martinez that looks incredible, uh, and you want him to get through a, a full season unharmed. But the, the honesty is he's missed a game or two every year. Yeah. And, and, and even if he's played through pain and he's been a warrior that way, he's not been right, and it's affected his production. It just, it just has. Sure. And what you have now is you have no backup. You have no McCaffrey. Uh, and you have young guys that you feel good about if Harburg, with her Harburg and his tools, and then we're all kind of waiting to see, you know, what step does Logan Smothers make here? You know he's fast. You know he can run. Yeah. Where's he at as a thrower? And you heard Coach Frost along, you know, touch on Matt Master as well. You heard Coach Frost say, look, he's been happy with, with the progress. And that's really it. You need a quarterback or two or three or eight to come to your room get better, improve, and not transfer where they don't win a job if they're not ready. But that's not the way college football is right now. But Nebraska seems to have some good guys in that quarterback room that are continuing to grow and get better. It'll be fun to watch those backups do their thing today. Yeah, you just want to see them in person. They haven't gotten to yet, which is crazy. If you think about how long we have known the name Logan Smothers, yeah. yet to this day, you have not seen him in a competitive environment at all. <laughs> you know, and same with same with Harburg, who I, by all accounts, it seems like he has exceeded expectations from what people were expecting. I mean, you, you, you offer him a scholarship for a reason. He's obviously a, a talented kid. But I think he's come in and acclimated much quicker than they could have expected when he's coming from class, you know, L or whatever class he's playing in at Carney Cafe. I don't mean that to all the good folks out of Carney, but you know what I mean. It's a big jump. And for him to just show up here and already acquit himself and already be in the conversation as a backup is interesting. You do wonder how it's going to affect, because you're right, man. Look, in a typical year when you have a somewhat established or competent or experienced backup, when your starting quarterback goes down, you can expect to take, you know, a, about a 20% hit on your offensive production, essentially. When it's a completely unproven, you have no idea, somebody who's never played at all, I mean, that could be up to like a 75% hit on your offensive production. I mean, it could completely crater what you do offensively. So knowing that and knowing Adrian Martinez's history of injuries, which I don't think is that abnormal, honestly. I, th I think his, I, I wouldn't call him injury-ridden. I'd just say that, you know, you use the guy a lot. And he's As got many times as the guy carries the football, he's going to get hurt. That's my point, is what will that do knowing that no matter what, you've got an unproven guy behind you this year? Like better, you just, better make your offensive line bulletproof, and it better make your run game what you lean on. 
efficiency, and so does that limit how many times they're going to run Adrian this year? Well, but he's looking as lean as he's looked. He's looking as fast as he's ever looked, and he's he is he is so elusive right now. Again, grain of salt. Forgive me. What we saw in the open practice, but he looks like a guy that can take off and get. He looks freshman year. Remember the, remember the, the juke he made on Colorado yeah. off an edge blitz? Yeah. Went down the sideline and scored. Look, I know that, that's what he looks like again. He looks faster than that. I think it's funny how people almost have to apologize <laughs> for complimenting him because, look, dude, he has. He has reeled off. If you're to go to just look at Adrian Martinez running highlights on YouTube. It's awesome. There's a ton of them. The dude can run. Like, yes, the record has not been great. Yes, the fumbles have been way too many. But, yes, the dude has consistently made people miss in the open field. He has consistently got chunk plays on the ground. Super talented runner. But if you have such unproven folks behind him, can you roll the dice in such an important year? It's such an important year for so many you're reasons. Gonna, you're going to do what you got to do to win. And if that means running him because, it, you don't, because you don't have a running back ready. Or, well, you got or, six or, of them. I, I know. You need to, so the, the moral of this story is you got to run Adrian. That's a real big commentary on your running back room and development. Two, uh, you better find a way to get a couple of guys ready so they can take some of that running attempt weight off of your quarterback, sprinkle him in versus him being the, the main weapon and the most trustworthy weapon. There's too many good running backs here not to use. Ronald Tompkins will be fun to watch today. Gabe Irvin's done a, a nice job coming in early and getting ready. We'll see where Step is at health-wise. And uh, you got Morrison that has all the tools to be incredible, but they all need to be ready for Saturday. Part of that is completing spring and being trusted to know what they're doing. When you look at a scholarship distribution chart, you would not expect to see six running backs. You just would not. That's a lot that Nebraska has right now. And you wonder if it's actually intentional to just raise the competition level in that room to begin with. Knowing you're not going to keep all six. After spring, two of those guys are gone. I'll call my shot here. Big, bold prediction, I know. Oh, my God, how did you come up with that, Nostradamus? But seriously, (laughs) after, after spring settles... And maybe it'll even go longer because with guys injured and all that, maybe it's not going to be clear. But I would expect a couple guys to hit the road after spring and you to go into the fall with probably four scholarship guys. So, and, and look, I talked about it with Greg. Even though there's nobody that's like the man yet, these were coveted guys. Sevion Morrison was coveted, offered by a lot of programs. Marvin Scott, to a lesser degree, but also coveted. Scott can be a good downhill guy. Just got to get him. That's the other thing. You got to get these guys lathered up. And these guys, in turn, need to know all they're asked to do. And I think that's that's your mesh point that isn't hitting right now is trust, comfort, and knowledge. You got the ability, yeah. but, but it's not, you can't check every box right now, so therefore you're not going to put him in. Tompkins was, you know, before his injuries, one of the top guys in but Georgia. He looked, he looked Dave good. Urban, he Dave looked Urban, good. one of the yes. top guys in Georgia. It's not devoid of talent, no. that's my point. Ramir Johnson, we haven't even mentioned, and he was one of the fastest and guys he, in he the country. He ain't going today. Yeah. And, 
I, yeah. Well, yeah. I think the profile has changed, too, in what they're recruiting. You need bigger backs. Yeah. Across the board, I think the profile has changed. I think when Frost got here, I think he was literally thinking to copy-paste of what he did at UCF in Oregon. Get the speed here. Get the speed here. Get the speed. Speed, 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 speed. Hasn't worked out. And I think they've changed course on that. Because you have brought in some fast guys. They don't stay. I don't know why, but they don't. They leave. They bounce. <laughs> right? So he's changed course. And generally, they're recruiting bigger. They're recruiting more uh, powerful type players, heavier players, taller players. So I think, you know, you combine all of that stuff that he inherited and kind of the, the some of the natural kind of learn-on-the-job things that you have to go through when you're inheriting a program. Try, you know what it, you want it to look like. Anybody that watched the 01 Notre Dame-Nebraska game, that's what you want it to look like when it replayed on BTN. You want it to look like that. You want it to look like 11 guys each side of the ball just colliding constantly and loving it and playing good special teams and being precise with your craft. Heisman quarterback helps. It does, but he didn't have an incredible game that game. He had a good he didn't game. have to. Well, I don't know. He killed him on play action and had a couple of 40-yard options. Juan Gross had one called back. But I'm just saying you had, it, it, I mean, that, that culture, that word, it's, it's relevant. It does matter. That's what he's trying to get it to. You've had to trim some fat to get there. Some me guys have had to hit the road. Some guys that weren't necessarily fit. And then schematically and, like, recruiting profile-wise, after facing the Big Ten for a bit, you've realized we got to get a lot bigger, a lot bigger. And they've recruited to that, too. There's a reason why you gave them six years. Sure. There's a reason why you gave them six years. But this has to be a year where you start to see tangible, measurable, upward mobility progress, right? Like, you just, you have to see that this year. Let's talk a little bit about the Moose and uh, his comments this week on the Moose radio show, also to the World Herald, about, you know, realistic number being eight or nine wins. Yeah. I love it. I don't know that it's realistic, but you've got Bill Moose wanting to sell some tickets. you got Bill Moose promoting a little bit. you got Bill Moose kind of sticking his chest out, puffing it out a bit. Hey, I can see eight or nine wins on that schedule. Now that Lance is down in Lawrence, uh, I feel way better about Buffalo. But uh, the schedule isn't easy. Bielema, uh, Nebraska's had a hell of a time with Illinois uh, when Levy was there, beard or no beard. And the other part of things, it's a reality is uh, you're, you're a coin flip against Northwestern. You're a coin flip against uh, Minnesota. That's being nice. And you're a coin flip against Purdue. You have been over three years. So those need to happen for you to get to that bull eligibility number that's first and foremost important. Secondly, can you stack and steal a couple? And I think, I think Moose and Frost are on the same page. They're, they're right on saying, yeah, it's time to start doing it. And uh, it gets back to that, that initial conversation we had about expectations in year four and, and you know, the Nebraska fishbowl life. Listen, they've gone about it the right way with strength and conditioning and, and getting better on the lines of scrimmage. Right. Now that, that periphery, uh, i.e. the run game and the wideouts, uh, you gotten physical, now get skilled, and, and all of that leads into this win discussion, uh, seven or eight, and, and I think they can sure do it. 
but besides the talent, besides the depth, besides the physicality, are they going to be better coaches on Saturday? Are you going to get right. better game management yeah. on top of the don't jump off sides on third and five? You will. And what is I the, need to see that happen before I'm like, sure, why not? Yeah, they'll be okay. Well, and what is the offensive scheme? What has it evolved into? Because last year looked like it looked like a, a scheme and a staff that really didn't quite know. Either that or they were so limited on what they could do that it became, you know, the quarterback sort of just run with it when you can uh, offense. That's what it always devolved into. Nebraska's script out of the gate always looks great. Uh, with very few exceptions, the first scripted drive is clinical, and it looks amazing. But then as the game wears on, what are you just very doing? unimaginative and very nonproductive, you know, for the most part. Uh, How many third quarters have been goose eggs? I, right. How many second halves have been struggles offensively? So, I mean, it, they looked legitimately lost last year. They, it looked like a lost offense that didn't quite know what it was. It, a lo- it was a lost year, too. Yeah. And I'm going to give them that benefit of the doubt. So, same with everyone else, though. I'm just saying it did, it did not have a, a, a solid identity. It didn't have... Oh, actually, it did. It's just that identity is not good. The, the identity actually was broken play quarterback takeoff. Like, that, that was the identity. It wasn't intentional, but that's exactly what ended up happening. And, you know, you, you didn't have enough consistency through the air. You didn't have anybody uh, with any regularity solidify the tailback spot. So part of that could have just been personnel to where they could they were limited just like, like they just literally did not have many options. And so they had to go with, you know, whatever they could to scratch out a yard or two. You hope that this year it has evolved into something that's more intentional, more designed, and has the players to actually do it, which meshes with the coach's overall philosophy and the skill sets that you have on the team. I'm excited for the offensive line. You're going to have nine guys that that you feel comfortable in playing. You're going to have five that can go to work on that line. But I'm I'm anxious to, to get some work done in that running back room where you you can zero in on three or four guys you're comfortable with them they're comfortable with you but it's time to get to work all right you've missed on some running backs they were talented enough to do good things for you here but they they didn't fit they didn't get it they didn't stay but now you can't have any more running you're going to but you can't have a mass exodus of running backs you can't pick wrong Okay, no. uh, you picked Greg Bell, didn't work. You picked Mo, couldn't hang. Yeah. Can you find, you picked uh, Step, can he get healthy? Miles Jones. Miles Jones, right. Of a tailback. So, so I need Nebraska to, to be right with who they're giving the football to and, and have them ready. It's up to, partially it's up to the kids, I get it. But it's also, a, and I like Ryan Held. I think he's a good running backs coach. I think he's a wonderful motivator. I think he's got an eye for talent. But it needs to happen uh, not only to save your starting quarterback, but if he gets dinged, lean on that line, find a back or two that, that get it and can get it done. It sounds like, it feels like Irvin is a kid that's mature beyond his years, comes in, puts the work in, knows the playbook, and and also is excited about the weight room. That's one. Yeah, and from a skill set uh point about he can about do about Irvin. everything that's the thing with him yeah he's he's almost pro style in that way where i mean his his body is already sort of pro style it just is yeah, and he's, he's working on it yeah he's 
probably what he's what he goes 6'1", 215, something like that. So he's just got he's got your chiseled like Cranach. He's got <laughs> circa some year. <laughs> there was this one month that was really good. Uh, there was this one P90X session I did. <laughs> oh where, my god, brother, it was all good. I got through three weeks of that. And I was ripped. Um, so I think that he has probably the most complete skill set. I think Semyon Morrison is also in that mold. He's your wow guy. We haven't seen enough of him yet, but also just one of those guys that, like, good moves, good speed, good vision, good out of the backfield, like, just doesn't have holes mm. in his game. May not have any one thing that is incredible, but, you know, sort of like a, a poor man's version of an Etienne, right? Like, I like Etienne, him. Yeah, Etienne, like, but I wouldn't say there's a lot about him that wows you. What, he just what gets wows it done. you? Yeah, Speed. What, yeah. What wows you is his durability and his consistency throughout the course of a game. Where like the dude is always getting you plus, 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 plus. Well, he's good plus. enough to start a Clemson. That wows me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. He's not like a jaw dropper. You know, like you know, if you think back to, uh, I know it was a different position, but uh, uh, Sammy, uh, the, the receiver from Watkins. Yeah. That dude was jaw-dropping when he broke away, right? As big as he as was. As a receiver, yeah. exactly. And so I wouldn't say Nebraska necessarily has that guy. You know, Lawrence Phillips was a jaw-dropper. Yeah. Amon Green, like, what? Taylor Martinez, when he, a freshman, like, what? Are you serious? I'm not, I don't think Nebraska has that dude, but I do think they have guys that can get chunks. I think they have a, a lot of them, actually. You just got to find which one can actually stay healthy and which one can just grab that race and lead it all the way through, and then who's going to back them up? It's pretty much that simple. That is Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr, the rum connoisseur. We're not here in the rail yard. Weekend edition, Hail Varsity Radio special time. Uh, you and thousands of your best friends in red down here in the rail yard. Uh, we invite you out. We are here till noon. And then it's off to the spring game for many of us. He is in the on-deck circle. He is pacing around. We're excited to bring in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, next. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Uh, Back to it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach. Damon Barr, the rum connoisseur, back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. He is here from the on-deck circle to the batter's box. We welcome in the, the, uh, the Iron Horse. Hi, my name's Gary. Gary Sharp is with us. Hi, Chris. Nice How are you? Mark? Nice to see you in person, hey, sir. How good is so, this? So this is awesome. So we all went to school down here. Yeah. Yes. And we all remember what the first day in Lincoln is like when it's warm. Oh, yeah. That's a good day. It's a good day. <laughs> That's a really good day. It's a good day. Um, and what we have here is this looks like a normal game day in Lincoln. It really I was does. just I was looking for a picture. So Schmidt and I were at the first game of last season on November 14th, and it was drab, it was cold, and there was yeah. nobody around. Yeah. And now you walk here today, you, you drive into Lincoln, there's more traffic on I-80 from Omaha, yeah. and then you're here in the rail yard, and it's packed. And you would think Nebraska and Buffalo were getting ready to play. This is yeah. this is really nice. This is really nice. Beautiful weather. Nebraska 0-0. Zero zero. It's what spring game is supposed to be like because, heck, guys, last year we had the spring game as a computer game. 
as a video game. Remember that, yes. Yeah. yeah. So now we get some uh, somewhat real football today. How pissed is Frank in Falls City going to be, though, when he rolls up and sees that they're not tackling in the first half? And he did not know that until he actually just sees it happen. He's like, oh, maybe they just called a penalty. But, well, oh, my God, they're not tackling. Well, this is a trend in spring where more, uh, fewer and fewer teams are going to be tackling. But here's the situation. We come to the spring game, unless there's a quarterback battle, you come to the spring game, or at least I do, to see young guys play. Yeah. You want to see the young guys. And you're going to get to see that in the second half, and it's going to look like real football except for the quarterback. Right. So I think people will be fine. I mean, we all know, you guys have talked about it now for almost two hours, of individuals that people definitely want to see, and they're going to see them. But, you know, it's the young guys that are uh, out there. See, you also enjoy drunk people when you're outdoors like this. Yeah. Yeah. First, yeah. first warm day in Lincoln is beautiful, my friends. Well, because we got headsets he's on. Been, he's been breakfast bearing at number 18, giving yeah. us fist pounds. Well, we, that it, guy actually just walked out of Pinnacle Bank Arena. The Class A Boys State Final just ended to him. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, yeah, we're kind of out there, and we're wearing the headsets, and so people confuse you sometimes as, like, some sort of official. Well, they think, we're the, we and, think yeah. we're the DJs. Yeah. Right. And they're like, I, dude, I, I will, I, I like, will play commend. some Britney. No. Yeah. Uh, there are a few people that are giving tribute to Britney today, though. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's good. Uh, a lot of these are college kids. They've had a long year going to school during a pandemic. And they didn't, have a, they didn't have a spring break. This is it for them. This is the last week. Yeah. Uh, graduation is next weekend in the stadium. So I'm okay, everybody out here partying. Uh, it's going to be fun. It'll be nice to see people back in the stands. I thought Nebraska would get closer to the 45,000. But who knows? Um, the weather really dictates the spring game attendance. Uh, but it'll just be nice to see live football, cheerleaders, the band, you know, yeah. and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dig into it and we will say, oh, my gosh, look at blank, blank, and blank. Should, I hate to call, I hate to single people out. If you don't want to do this, I understand. But I would guess two running backs are gone after spring. Who, I, just, they're going to leave. Who, who, who are the two okay, that I, you think will leave? I, I, I don't, have my two. I don't, I don't, I don't think there'll it. be two. I think there will be one, and okay. I would be very surprised if it wasn't Ramir Johnson. He didn't I can't, play today, right? I, I can't figure out Ramir Johnson. See, I like Ramir Johnson. I've said this on this show. I Whenever can't. he's on the field, I got him figured out. I, I like what he does, but for some reason, Monday through Thursday, he struggles. But when he is pressed into action, but the fact that he hasn't played much and it's very mysterious on why he's not playing today, I, I don't know. I, I think it might be hard for a guy like Ramir, who didn't get a spring, to come back and battle in a pretty deep but unproven running back room. I, I, hope, I hope not, because that was a big win for Nebraska. He was out of New Jersey. We all interviewed him. He's a great kid. He's been a great kid here. I just don't know what has gotten in his way of moving up. Because I thought last year when the season started, he would be the definite number two behind Mills. And if you remember, it was actually Tompkins that got the second carry uh, for Nebraska at Ohio State. I think he fits perfectly what Frost was running in 2017 at UCF. I think he does not fit what they're evolving into right now. He's a straight-line speed guy. That's, that's a, what he that's is. Fair. That's, that's fair. what he is. So wait, I, yeah, Wait till you see the straight-line speed of Logan Smothers. Is that pretty legit? It's legit, but you don't, as a quarterback, run very much in a straight line. You got to run side to side, yeah. a little move. Hey, there's one. Speaking of the quarterbacks, so, you know, the question was posed to Scott on Wednesday about, oh, my gosh, we're in a wind tunnel here. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> Save us. 
Gotcha. We actually, for people that don't know, we started this interview in the rail yard, and now we are uh, <laughs> over in the Haymarket District. Um, this is what I think, and I'm very curious to watch it today. So. Everybody has been speculating. You only have four scholarship, or you only have four quarterbacks that are here in spring camp. What's going to happen when you get to the fall? What are you going to look in the transfer portal? For what Frost said, and I hate backing yourself into a corner. I think you should always be looking to upgrade your roster. I think that in the two weeks since we saw the open practice, something has happened with the other three quarterbacks, not named Martinez, that they feel comfortable enough that they've developed that they're okay going into the offseason with those four guys. So okay. I, I, I'm waiting to see the three besides Martinez, what they play like today before fans where there's a little bit of pressure and the defense will dial it up on them. I like the stage today, second half. You're going to get a chance to to go perform if you're one of those quarterbacks. I also think if I'm a quarterback and I hear my coach say, you know, it's not a high priority for us right now to go to the portal and go quarterback shopping. That makes me feel better if I'm Logan Smothers, who didn't get a, a, a spring last year, was dinged when he came in as an early enrollee. I will put the work in. I will get better for you. Don't give up on me yet. And then Harburg, he's got to get it down between the ears as far as the, the, the playbook. But from a from a physic you know, from a tool standpoint, the, the physical tools, he, he looks great. I mean, wow. So you have both those uh, along with Masker. Both I, I think the quarterback room recognized that hey, they're gonna keep working on us. We'll put the work in here during the summer. Uh, let's see if we can actually get developed here yeah. as a quarterback. We're not the group of quarterbacks at all. If I don't win the starting job, I'm going to bounce. But they're going to stick and stay. I also think a part of the quarterback discussion, we all talk about backup quarterbacks. That's what we do at Nebraska. we got to start talking about the main guy. Um, it would be good for him. And, you know, he's got he's had a quiet spring. He's only talked once to the media. We know that it's a make or break, he said, for himself or the program. Um, I think it's important for him today to look good in what the situation they put him in. And you know what? He's had a good spring, but I kind of need I need great out of Adrian because it's really it's got to be a weird feeling for him today. This is the third day of the NFL draft. Nebraska may have Hymas go off the board. They should have Hymas go off the board. But you remember, this was supposed to be Adrian Martinez's draft. Yeah. It's not. He's still in school. He could still have another year. I think I think we all know his mindset. But I think it would be good for him, for the fan base, everybody to see him perform well today, look crisp, throw the ball well, throw the ball deep, be able to complete it, not turn it over. Um, and that would, that would be okay going into the offseason because... Nebraska is one of those rare schools in the Big Ten this year that does not have a quarterback question for their starter. Yeah, and, you know, if you look across the conference, I think there's a lot of teams that would take Adrian Martinez they in would. a heartbeat. They would. Right? And he does have serious draft so, potential if he can limit his turnovers. Mark, here's one thing I noticed right away two weeks ago. The thing that is different, I, I want to see a live game where he has to throw the ball deep under pressure. I can tell you that he is more decisive running the football. He's leaner. People will notice that today. Um, and I think his first step, that quickness is back, um, yeah. and he's not hesitating. So maybe that has a lot to do with this is the first time in his career he did not have to go through rehab in the offseason. He's healthy. He's leaner. Maybe that will help his overall game. But with that said, Nebraska can't have the quarterback running 10, 15 times a game. He's about a five to seven game uh, a carry a game guy. You need to let the running backs take care of that. But I, I think it, people will be impressed by how Adrian's body looks different. It looks the best it's been in four years here.
Gary, let's think about maybe the top unit. I know there's a few different positions to settle, but we know the bulk of it for both offense and defense this year. When you look at those units, you, you think back, you harken back to what those guys like recruiting rankings were. It's starting to look a little bit more on par maybe with what you see from some of the better programs and that you have multiple four stars starting. It just feels like, tell me if you agree, it feels like there is less sort of settling going on at any one position where I think in the past you sort of just had to kind of take whatever body was there and plug them in. There's much less of that right now. I agree with you, and I will tell you a point, Mark, that backs that up. So Nebraska had a physical spring. They did a lot more 11 on 11 going full contact. I know that weird that Frost just threw out the number of four. And I didn't throw it out, but it was 43. I mean, that's that's a that's a, a lot. lot of people. But <laughs> like a third I think of the this team. also gives you an insight. They believe in their depth that they would all of a sudden crank it up in the spring to be physical, that they believe truly in their depth and what they have there, that I think just adds to your point that they're starting to move guys up, they're starting to churn it, where the guys that were highly recruited are in the program and they're getting an opportunity to play. I, I think Nebraska, Nebraska doesn't have like 10 superstars. I think Nebraska could get to, I think they have one superstar in Cam Taylor Britt. I think they could churn it out where they get seven to eight guys that are under consideration to be first, second, or third team Big Ten before the year is over. Gary Sharp is with us. Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, weekend edition. Hail Varsity Radio. We're in the rail yard. It is jam-packed. I see a, a Bill Dolman sighting. Wow. All the way from Denver. <laughs> uh, the Iron Horse Gary Sharp is here. So I'm uh, I'm interested here in, in the Omar Manning topic because... Have you seen his calves, Gary? Uh, My God. <laughs> we were both there. My God. Do we take a picture for Cranach, yes or no, at the open oh, spring game? Geez. And we, we didn't, thankfully, but... I hope he's a guy, Sharpie, that can get it handled. I want to Monday sell his through, calves as Mon- an NFT. M- Monday through Friday because Saturday he can do some things. Okay, so here's the situation. He's not one of your top three wide receivers right now. I think it's Martin, I think it's uh, Torre, and I think it's Betts. Which, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I'll be good o- with that. But Omar Manning, Nebraska needs Omar Manning to be good. That's the wild card is, what is he like Monday through Thursday that he ends up on the field? I think there's a great sign here is that he has been available this spring. He wasn't available last fall. That does you no good. You need a guy that's available. He's been available this spring, and I think he's grown. I still have questions about when you get into live game stuff because today he's going to wow people. He loves to play to the crowd. Um, and he likes physi- the camera. He's physically impressive. But we need more than that out of that position when you recruit a guy like that. Um, it would it would bode well for Nebraska if Omar Manning is definitely inside of your top six wide receivers when the season rolls around. And if he's able to crack that top three, I mean, that's playing with house money. I'll be curious to see as we as there is more development by him, and he actually plays a couple of games, what he does and how Big Ten teams defend him. Will they be physical? That's my thing. I know, he, I know he's, uh, he's an incredible Hulk. I wonder if he can get separation, good separation, not just because he's big, but he's going to be going against some good cornerbacks. But I, I think the, with Nebraska has a victory with him because he's been available, and he wasn't available in the spring or in the last fall. When Nico Collins came off the board, that's immediately who I, I'm like, that's – Omar, that's Omar Manning. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly who he is physically. 
isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, that, if, as long as he's got his stuff he's together. Gotta, he's got to learn one. Like, what, yeah. I watched him a lot the other uh, two weeks ago. He's got to learn to use his physicality. I mean, he knows that he's big and he's strong, but he has to learn how to use that when you're playing against a cornerback. Instead of just trying to blow by somebody or just try and ward somebody off, because you know what? They're on scholarship, too. They're going to play you a certain way. That's the next step in his learning and how he gets to that point. Yeah. But physically, he just looks so different oh, than yeah. everybody else. People, well, that, and then we, we talked about this. People will notice when they run on the field today, Nebraska looks different. It's taken them four years, but they look like a Big Ten team. He doesn't look like anybody else that's currently in the program. Huh. Sharpie, uh, what'd you make of, of the Moose? Talking about eight or nine wins. Uh, I, I don't think that that was a surprise to Frost as far as being in that discussion and that contention for the West. I mean, that's, that's what everybody... Uh, with Nebraska football once, but to put a number on it, did it make you kind of step back, or did you kind of just quietly shake your well, head yes? I think there's a couple of things here. I think Moose is, you know, Moose wants to see something happen. He's running out of time. I think he's going to retire at the end of 2022, and he wants this football program Success. to turn the corner. Um, so, you know, he's also a rah-rah guy. He's, he's, he's a big salesman. So you ask him the question, he's, he's, he's getting bigger and better this year, going from the 5 to 6 to the 8 to 9. Um, I think you have to have follow-up questions on exactly why he thinks that way. Um, but, you know, I mean, we, we, used to, we used to debate around here about the, the quality of nine wins or the quality of four losses. <laughs> I mean, this team, defeat, this team to me, when I first put eyeballs on them, they're 6-6. Six and six. That's, an, that's a bowl game. Okay, yeah. that's bare minimum this year. Yeah. Could some things break right where they win more than that? Certainly. But I think if Moose says it's, it's go time. But also, be aware, very guys, this staff has done an incredible job. They're going to have 20 guys that, ha- that are going to be sitting in the stands. They got 20 high-profile recruits to come sit in the stands. The nice. next six weeks, starting yesterday with the football facility, whatever comes out of their social media or the coach's mouth, it's not for us. It's not for the media. It is for recruiting for the next six to eight weeks. That's what they're going on. So when you hear stuff like that, think about that. Why are they saying that? Who's it's intended for? Makes sense. And, hey, but let's look at uh, Moose's prognostication skills. We all scoffed when he yeah. said, I six hope we get to six. You're, you're absolutely right. I would tell you, I think that there's more there. I think that the whole Oklahoma thing is still a rift between the head football coach and the athletic director. He's putting him on notice. But I would have wanted to ask, so, Bill, if, if Nebraska doesn't win eight to nine, what happens? Nothing, nothing happens, but how, how how do they look falling short of 7, 8, 9? I, I don't, even if they it's, don't get to 6. It's a giant wild card, guys. If you're a 6-6 six and six or you're an 8 or 9 win team, it basically comes down to the two same responses on why they'll go 6-6, six and six, why they won't go 6-6, six and six, why they might be an 8. Turnovers, Turnovers and special teams. Turnovers and special teams. <laughs> two guys. And, and, no, no, and, no, 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 no. Two guys. Players. Two players. guys. Adrian Martinez, Scott Frost. They are the answer to both of those questions. Fair. Fair. Special teams, Scott Frost, turnovers, Adrian Martinez. Yep. Sharpie, yeah. let's uh, sneak in a little baseball while we got you before we say goodbye. And, no, we're uh, staying here all day. All these people are staying here. I know they are. we got to get to the stadium. <laughs> okay, uh, wake-up call. 
while Rutgers, your takeaway last night, 9-4, to four, didn't hey, go Rut- the, my, my takeaway is uh, Rutgers is playing really well. They yes. go into Michigan, win 2-3. They come in here last night before a great crowd, great atmosphere, and they win that game. You know what? Uh, you know, you still got a chance to win the series, so you got to bounce back today. Uh, I think Rutgers is playing pretty well. Yeah. And they did all the right things last night. Kuda, it's, this is more Rutgers than what Nebraska didn't do. Um, so I think they'll be fine. Uh, I, but they got they have to have a chance to win the series, but you got to win the next uh, two games. You know, I actually love listening to Coach Bolt's press conferences when he scouts the other team. I thought he was going to say me. I love you, Gary. <laughs> we, we, uh, we do appreciate you greatly. <laughs> no. Will Bolt's ahead of his years. <laughs> Yeah, no. When, but when it comes to being a head coach, when he scouts, when he he tells you, the questions always ask, "What do you think about this upcoming coming opponent?" Yeah. He gets pretty damn insightful yeah. about what they're going to face, and he is dead on. Like the stuff he was saying about Michigan State a week ago is exactly why they had trouble, you know, running. They had trouble stealing. They couldn't be that aggressive because they have a good catcher. He he said Rutgers. He's like they're a lot like us. He's like they got That's they got some team. veteran guys that they brought in and some pretty hot freshmen and some live arms at the at the top end. I was impressed by them last night but again yeah. you still have a chance to win the series but this is the month i mean nebraska's sitting atop the big 10 people yep. are wondering are they good enough to host a regional you have everything in front of you you play better teams in the conference to prove it but today you know that weird thing when the game starts and maybe the stadium isn't that full and then all of a sudden there's a throng of people that are coming for the spring game that come yeah. to the stadium. it's the old buck belcher effect where yeah. some of the the largest attendance they ever had at bucks belt buck belcher were on spring game days and they wouldn't count it until like the fourth inning um <laughs> I think, you know, Nebraska, way, this is period. good, though. You know, Nebraska on Sunday bounced back from the loss on Saturday. Let's see what they do today. I was really impressed by Rutgers. I, yeah. You know, the Big Ten is probably going to get four teams in the NCAA tournament, and Rutgers, if they had a conference tournament, would be one of those teams. Boy, I don't want to play. Well, look what you got next week. Yeah. Right? With that, that pod with Rutgers again yeah. plus Indiana, like you could plummet from well, that. That's that, why it's yeah. a great opportunity to prove yourself. Yeah. As we look at uh, the Big Ten, you mentioned the four. What, what's the what's the, the high wire act right now for Nebraska Sharpie with continuing to host that region? Do they got to keep winning series, or can they stub their toe at all? Or you know, where, where, how secure is number 16 well, right now for a region? So here's the thing to keep in mind: Nebraska's got to stay atop the Big Ten. They have to do that. That's first and foremost. But something that could come into play, Creighton made a bid for the NCAA regional as well. The N- there are people in Lincoln that feel, man, the NCAA may look at having a dry run at TD Ameritrade with the protocols so Creighton would get a regional over Nebraska. But huh. the way to erase that is you win the Big Ten regular season. I think Nebraska in two weeks will be one of the 20 that are mentioned. But then you've got the fight that is on to remain because that last weekend, you were talking about next weekend, Mark, that last weekend, the last two weekends, you go Indiana and Ohio State, who are right behind in the standings, and then you have the great three-game series here on Memorial Day weekend against Michigan. It's, I mean, it's huge, and you can, I mean, you could go from first to like sixth if you don't handle business, right? And you, and, and I think they need to, like, they got to win the series today. They got to win the Northwestern series at home, so that they're at least in the tournament. They might not be a two, they might be a three, they might not, they won't be a one. But you gotta, I think you still got to do some work to ensure that you're in. How about the job that he's done, though? Right, like yeah. coming into this year, the buy-in. Nobody had got, those expectations. He has talent. He has yeah. a lot of talent. 
but they have not skipped a beat, and they have. They're a fun team. They're, last they're, night, they're, they're, they're last, great. last night, it had that vibe of the old days of Nebraska baseball. But the thing that people have to understand is you can't overreact to one game because you no, get the next baseball. day. You it's get the baseball. Next day. So yeah, yeah. Rutgers was good last night. Nebraska's got to be better today. Well, and you struck gold on a guy like Max Anderson getting that He's level awesome. of contribution. Yes. Yeah, they're a good team. They're right. fun to watch. They're fundamentally sound. Um, do they have enough pitching when you get to a regional to get you to like a Sunday or beyond? Three minutes and we are out. Weekend edition. Hail Vox right. Radio. Spring game. And uh, Gary Sharp with us. We are here in the rail yard. The uh, kickoff party here with ESPN Lincoln. 96 Would kicks. you know that we're we're still in the middle of a pandemic if you looked at this crowd? No. Uh, no. It's yeah. over. It feels back like 2019. This is a party. There we're are going to of, play Buffalo. There are a lot of vaccinated. Oh, speaking of that, how much did Leopold. Sorry, is it Leopold? Leopold. I'm so terrible. Lance Leopold. Yeah, Leopold. Leopold. How much does him going to Kansas help out? Help Scott help out Frost. Nebraska? I seriously, because they already lost so much that they had to replace. Buffalo they, did, and yeah, now they had, now they got to change. They staff. did lose a lot, but they still have more returning um, experience than Nebraska does. They're wow. good. They're a good team. Wow. Uh, I will be curious to see how quick it moves. I would look at Matt Entz, who is the head coach at North Dakota State. Oh you wow! Kinda, you kind of follow that same path. Huh. Uh, but they're, you know, great for Lance. I've gotten to know him. Um, he wanted to be a Power 5 coach. You know he was not going to walk out the door and walk into Nebraska or any place like that. Um, he might be the guy that turns KU football around because that 07 season is a long way away. Well, he doesn't have one of those weird character flaws that no. it seems like you know Kansas what? has been So Kansas <laughs> made Christmas. a great hire yeah. here. They went from flash and less miles to the complete opposite. They went, they went and hired a really solid football coach that knows how to win. Right. Like, yeah. I think there's more of a Cleveland type. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's some talent in the cupboard that Miles could always recruit. Plus, they'll go Jayhawk League. Does he retain the, the sitting head coach down at so. KU? Emory Jones is a pretty good coach. I believe that. I believe that's his name. Um, they, but the thing about it is, you've got a culture of losing. That a lot of those guys that have played that program have lost a lot of football games. 115 in the last 12 years. That's insane. 118 in the last 136 games. Uh, yeah, but remember how crazy 07 was. Kansas football almost played for a national championship. I know it. I know it. I know it. But good for them that they get a guy that doesn't have those. Like Charlie Weiss was a weirdo. Les Miles kind of a weirdo, obviously. Like, just get a dude that just. Turner didn't have support. And then Turner yeah. made some mistakes as a young head coach for like, Power 5. But just get a guy that's just a pure football type that's not a weirdo. I, I like, think that'll help. I think Lance is a hell of a coach, but is the situation too bad? Is KU too broken to succeed there is my question. We'll see. We are uh, ready to say goodbye, Damon Barr. Kudos to you, my friend, for uh, jumping in. Uh, Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. We appreciate you, Sharpie. Back at you Monday at 4. Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy football sunshine and uh, some big red uh, feelings here as uh, a great time in the rail yard. Talk to you Monday.